Welcome back to the Corner Game Table, a podcast about board games, the people who play them, and the amazing experiences just waiting to be had when you sit down with other people around the game table. I'm Josh, one of your co-hosts here at the Corner Game Table, and I'm joined here around this magnificent game table with the other members of the board, Andrew, Heather, and Drew. Hello, hello. Hello. Howdy, (laughs) y'all. We're doing okay. Just dandy. How's your mom and dad? (laughs) (laughs) So it has been a busy couple of weeks for everybody. We've had a lot of traveling around and people being not in the places they normally are. I'm still traveling around, man. Yeah, (laughs) still traveling. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Drew and I have been hopping to convention to convention. (laughs) And it never ends. It never ends. Right. The fun never ends. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it was suggested by Heather, and a good suggestion it was, that we start by uh, talking a little bit about something that we have gotten to the table since the last time we talked. So why don't we start off with Andrew? Andrew, you played anything good lately? Yeah, uh, about three hours ago, I sat down on the floor of this little Airbnb that I'm in with my daughter, and we played some uh, Unmatched Teen Spirit. This is the Marvel set with Cloak and Dagger, Squirrel Girl, and Ms. Marvel in it. Uh, she played as oh, very Ms. Marvel, nice. I played as Cloak and Dagger, and um, she narrowly beat me, but I think if I was paying better attention to my abilities as Cloak and Dagger, I might have had a better chance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't it, played those before. Yeah, the Marvel sets are really interesting because there's three characters in them, not two or not four. Uh, all of them are, are like that, um, and this one's cool because Cloak and Dagger really play off of each other a lot. Uh, neither one is like a sidekick. You know, a lot of the sets have kind of like a sidekick character, but you have two full minis for those two characters, and they're really pretty much, um, you know, balanced. I've had so, I've got so many copies of Unmatched yet to have played any of them, and I'm just like, (laughs) I will. Wow, for shame, I know. For shame. So you're like Josh with the Marvel United. (laughs) Indeed. No, No, but but I've played most. I don't know that he's gone down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, um, I've been playing my my game that I'm working on as well. I've been playing that a lot. Like every three days, I play it again, um, continuing to refine that. So I'm almost ready to sh- actually show it to a publisher. You know, so nice. That's about it for me right now. Wishing you luck on that. No, thank you. <laughs> How about you, Drew? So the most recent games that I've gotten to the table, uh, just two of them. My very first one that I got to the table was Nexus Infernum by Archon Games. It is an area control game uh, combined with resource management as well. Basically, you're a necromancer and nothing better than raising the dead. Interesting. So there are other arcane powers that you're able to use in order to gain those resources and use them to battle against your opponent and get points. And the first person to 13 points is the winner of the game and it was very quick it was very um i just really enjoyed it let me just leave it at that just really enjoyed it thought it was a really great game i really like um i really like resource management but i also if i would have attacked more and done more the area control i would have probably won but i lost and i take that um, speaking of take that, <laughs> speaking of take that, the other game had that mechanic and that was not so neighborly. <laughs> yes. 
So I have. I've heard of that one. I've played it before. I've played it before, but I got to play it with my lovely wife. And it was just a whole lot of fun and just being able to be mean to one another. That's the whole point of the game. The game game is simple. You, You get to take two actions and you either draw a card or play a card. First player to 10 points is the winner of the game. You're building your neighborhood in order to protect the neighborhood and also sabotage other neighborhoods which are the other players so it's a fun take that game i'm gonna burn down your school you know that type of thing mm-hmm. very dang very uh very funny yet dangerous stuff when you think about it yeah poop on your stoop it's a great one that's that was that was the <laughs> most well-liked one so yeah <laughs> my kids love that game that's a that's an excellent one yeah we had a we had a great time playing that it really is short it really was my uh you know it's funny because um my wife looks at that and she'll see the time and she'll go, Oh, it's going to take way longer than that. And we were done in about 10 minutes. So the first game, yeah, it's quick. Oh, wow. I even bought the player mats for that one. Cause I was like, I want the mats. The mats are so cool. <laughs> I bought one. They look so good. So anyways, those are the games that I've played as of recently. Very nice. What about you, Heather? What have you gotten to the table recently? So, um, I, since we have last met, um, I've gone to another convention. <laughs> I went to Dice Tower East and I got to play a whopping 25 games. I brought my son with me. Wowzers. Um, yeah. Ooh. We had a great time. I feel like the Dice Tower conventions are really good for gaming in general. Um, we got a lot of just sitting down and playing done. Um, the exhibitor hall's not quite as big and it's just really more of a community gaming convention (laughs) um and so we had a great time one of the ones that we played that was the highlight for both of us was canvas by r2i games i had never played that before it's one that i had want i had wanted to play it um just because the box art looks really cool it's like a painting and you can even hang the box on your wall. I was just about like to it has ask a notch that. on the back of the box. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I That's was clever. like, immediately I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> there's like and a sequel or an expansion or something that you can also. There hang is. On the wall. Yeah. They yeah. have a second one out and I believe they're working on a third one. Um, but I, it was one that that's the great thing about the conventions is going to them and getting to play the games to decide if you want to buy them yourself. And that was one that I was like, let's play so we can see if we like it. And both my son and I, it was a huge hit with us. You were basically just collecting these clear art cards that have some kind of little picture on them. And then you have to get three of those to layer them together and put them on top of a background card, which has like a pretty, you know, mismatch of like colors. And that's mm-hmm. your painting. And then you present your painting and it scores on the bottom with different icons and colors and symbols. Um so very easy to pick up, very easy to learn. Um, and we just had a blast. Like we definitely busted it out a couple of times. And it's one that he continually talks about. Like a lot of people, it was his first gaming convention. So they asked him like, what's your favorite game? And that was mm-hmm. his favorite game. <laughs> like that's every time great. that was his response. So that's the first <laughs> thing. And then the other thing that we actually played at home that I got at Origins was Mother of Frankenstein. We played mm-hmm. Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, that's from Arcane Wonders. And it is a really great narrative puzzle story-driven game. 
Um, you're you're basically following Mary Shelley. It's like you've un you've unboxed these Mary Shelley volumes of hers that contain documents and letters between her and her husband Percy. Um, and everything is directed toward her son, Florence. And um, it's like she has a secret that she's trying to share with Florence, but she's hidden it in like puzzles throughout letters and things that you have to do. Um, the first one comes with three envelopes. There's a poetry envelope, a music envelope, and an astronomy envelope. Um, and they tell you just to kind of take your time solving the different envelopes, like just tackle one at a time um, and just enjoy the story. And I will say, I think it's the a really good balance of puzzles and reading. Um, Cause I've done a lot of different like escape room puzzly games and like hunt a killer is definitely heavier on like reading. Um, but then like exit, I think the exit games are really good with a good balance of that. And this one I think does a really good job too. So yeah, I would highly <laughs> recommend that one volume two, just kind of like amps it up even more and it's completely different. There's not like three envelopes that you're solving. Um, when we open volume two, I think the surprising thing was there was like a jigsaw puzzle that we had to put together like right away. I was just so. about to ask if you've done the exit ones with the jigsaw puzzles in them. I have. Yeah, I have. Those are yeah. really good. I like them a lot. Yeah, I um I really, really enjoy the exit exit series games. Um mm-hmm. yep. Cosmos keeps me keeps me in supply. <laughs> I've got my fair share. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. If you're Josh, your Marvel collection, I've got like quite a, a Cosmos collection of exit nice. games. Nice. Um, I, I move on from those when I'm done with them. Like, they yeah, I do too. I, if I can typically, in the trash, but <laughs> if I can typically reset, I'll pass it along to somebody. Sure. Um, I know a lot yeah. of those you kind of tear up things or write on things. The nice thing about that Mother of Frankenstein is you can actually buy a refill pack and then reset it like for someone else. So I think I might do that and use it as like a giveaway sure. for my community. Yeah, that's cool. Like that. Yeah, that's always great when you can pass those forward. You know, if you if, yeah, if they don't require enough destruction in them that they're that they're kind of mm-hmm. undone when you're when you're finished with them. Yeah, Absolutely. so we have one more volume to go, um, but it's been really cool so far. It's been neat to kind of hear the story of like Mary Shelley and this narrative and and all of that yeah, while that solving cool. puzzles together. Hmm. What about you, Josh? Well, so I just spent the last two weeks on the road with my. Uh, with my four kids and my wife. And so, uh, it has been a hectic couple of weeks, but, uh, not so neighborly. Right. Uh, (laughs) before, (laughs) before I, before we left, I got a chance to play with my, uh, with my son, Matthew, several rounds of, um, dice throne, the Marvel edition. Um, because that's one that he really, really likes. (laughs) And, uh, I got a story about that. Continue uh, on Josh. Go, go ahead. It's, it's kind of a love hate thing for me because uh, I've played several different versions of Dice Throne, and when I play them with with my sons, they trounce me pretty regularly on that one. Um, but uh, it's it's a good one that's easy to get to the table, and and they enjoy it, and the head to head nature of it makes it a little easier for us to you know when there's just a couple of us that want to sit down and play something, it's kind of a quick go to. So we got to play that a couple of times, and then uh, while we were in Michigan, uh, I brought along some family friendly, smaller box games, uh, hoping we'd get some opportunities to play some, some games. And, uh, we did get to drag out a, uh, an old favorite forbidden Island that I hadn't played in a while. That was kind of fun. Uh, wow. I introduced my, uh, my family to that one. And, uh, in traditional forbidden Island fashion, you know, a third of the way through it, we, uh, 
flipped over the helicopter pad card that said it sinks forever and you immediately lose the game. So uh, 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 we, we, we went ahead and said, let's just course. pretend that didn't happen and kept going. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, of and, course. And went ahead and played the game to its much better conclusion that way. But uh, uh, that happens a fair amount in the, in that series. And then apart from that, I've um, like Andrew, actually, I've been working on a, a prototype um, that uh, been working on for a while. It's one that we've taken to uh, several regional conventions. Uh, it's a new game called hot diggity dog, where you are a, a hot dog vendor in a baseball stadium. Uh, and, and you, everybody's trying to outsmart each other, working around the grandstands, uh, trying to outsell each other in uh, in the uh, innings of the baseball game before it's over. So, um, interesting like automatically <laughs> you had me at the name you didn't even have to tell me what it was about i was like oh, right man, I'm, in. I'm sold so we've had a lot of good uh we've had a lot of good feedback and we've been working on that and and uh and so we're just kind of trying to get it tightened up and and uh and uh, ready to cross the finish line with it <laughs> All right, that brings us to today's discussion topic. What are your thoughts about protecting your games for the long haul? A lot of people sleeve cards in their games. Some people choose not to sleeve cards. I've even seen people go as far as laminating game aids. What are your thoughts on that? Builds character. Let's just leave it at that. Don't need anything (laughs) to it. This is going to be great stories for my children to be passed down. Oh, yeah. One time we got so angry at each other that we flipped the table and all the drinks went everywhere. It was just, it was, it was great. (laughs) Builds character. And also that means they can't get rid of it. Adds character. No, no. It adds character. No, 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 no. no. It builds character. Because board games don't have character. So there you go. Anyways. <laughs> I think it really is is very dependent on the game. Uh certainly for us, right? Like if if we have a game that's going to get a lot of play, we'll sleeve the cards for it. I have uh some very good friends who have every single Ticket to Ride and they play a lot of Ticket to Ride. And so they've sleeved those cards because they literally at one point had to buy a second copy of the game because they wore their cards out. So right. when they did that, they sleeved those cards, right? Um I don't really understand the like when i see a post on the internet and somebody like opens a big cardboard box and it's got like ten thousand sleeves in, and they're like i guess i know what i'm doing for the weekend like that is confusing to me for, <laughs> for me that level of preservation is definitely something that is specific to a certain game or a certain set of games or whatever um i think right. the games are made to be played and yeah. uh and uh, you know i don't I, I respect the, I mean, we re- very recently talked about this on my show, but um, I respect that people like to collect things, but I am very much not a collector when it comes to board games. Uh, and I don't need my stuff to be absolutely pristine in order to enjoy it. So right. um, I protect things when it's going to prolong the game. And the only way that it's meaningfully going to prolong the game is if that game is something that gets played a ton. Right. So yeah. that's kind of my thoughts on it. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm I'm probably in the same um same lane as you. I think I actually haven't sleeved any of my games. Um it's something that I 
didn't see a need for. Honestly, personally, I was like, I don't know why you would. Um, since I've been going to conventions, though, I've noticed when I've been playing games that have been sleeved, like a lot of them are at conventions, I'm like, it's not bad. Like, I mean, so now I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, maybe if like there's some of my games that I like you said, Andrew, like I play a lot or maybe if it's like a favorite game of mine. Maybe maybe then I'll get some sleeves. I've been thinking about it more. I'm like, maybe one of my favorite games or like I'll upgrade it that way. Like it would be a way to kind of upgrade one of my games is to sleeve the cards. But I honestly, I haven't thought about um, like long lasting, (laughs) like the long run, like doing things to prevent, you know, damage to the games. Um, I know there's a lot out there that does that. Um, And especially with kids i mean we can all understand i know like game components we we purely had there's a minecraft board game that we have that is just a play game at this point because the kids just want to bust it out and play with the cubes like they don't want to play the game <laughs> so, like, is, is that the ravensburger game yeah yeah, yeah they just know, like exactly playing with the cubes yeah. and like so i'm like there are some games that obviously like are just for them to play. And so I don't really worry about it that much, but I, right. I do think I have been thinking about it more for like maybe some of my favorite games, like sleeping some cards. I have brought home several games that I intended to play with my kids and they immediately lost half the pieces. And so oh, those yeah. got relegated to <laughs> toys instead of games. Yep. <laughs> you know, Heather, I was thinking about something when you were talking about sleeving and stuff. And, and the thing that, I thought was interesting, at least going on in my head is like, if I have a game that my kids are going to play, I, I guess I kind of have already accepted that that game's not going to survive. And so I don't yeah. really care about sleeping <laughs> yeah. those games. Mm-hmm. But if I know I'm going to bring a game to like a party with adults, I'm more likely to think about sleeving because they might have mm-hmm. snacks at the table or something like that. Right. But these are not people that are going to like actively destroy my stuff. Like children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so right. it's an, it's kind of, an, it's an interesting like split, right? Like w- what is the decision point at which you say, I'm going to like sleeve my cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean like we keep our kids games like on the lower part of the shelf. So like easier to, <laughs> for them to grab <laughs> the stuff that like my collector's edition of castles and like our, my city with all the pieces. I'm like up on the top, like I don't exactly. Right, right. Don't want them grabbing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, my my harder to replace things are definitely up on the top. Oh yeah, shelf, up top. Right? <laughs> <laughs> For me, whenever I thought, whenever somebody just introduced the thought of sleeving or anything to help protect games, when that first came along, I was like, well, why why do you, why do you do it? And most people are like, well, maybe I want to get rid of it eventually one day. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, number one, who says I'm going to get rid of it? Number two, (laughs) the other thing is, is I view it like whenever you try to sell a game, everybody's going to be like Rick from Pawn Stars. You're going to say, okay, here's a price. And then they're going to say, "Uh, best I can do is, (laughs) you know, that's how it's going to (laughs) be. That's how it's going to be. And I I just, I'm like, who, who has to say so on what really drops the price of this, you know, plastic, cardboard, wood, anything like that. You know, who, who's right. going to say just because I played it one time or I played it, you know, a hundred times, what, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what's the, di- what's the difference going to be? And of course, you know, people can argue, oh, well, this card's bent, stuff like that. Well, is that really going to drop it down 40, $50? <laughs> you know, right. I'm just like, yeah, what really, what really are you going to do with that and the benefit of that? And, and that's just my two cents. I just don't really see too much of a, 
a point when it comes to that argument and when people talk about that. But that was the very first reason, like, someone told me, oh, you better start sleeving your cards and start, Mm -hmm. you know, doing better, taking better care of your stuff. And I was like, why? You know, I just never – I I personally never understood it because, you know, if it – like, just going along with that topic of what y'all were talking about, I'm taking it from a different point of view and a different angle where y'all are asking, well, when's the point that you sleeve it? And I'm asking kind of the same thing, just in a different, I guess, way Mm -hmm. is what, what absolute point is there that, you know, when it comes to if you're going to sell it or not, you know, who knows what, whatever you're going to do, you might take it to a Goodwill, you might throw it in the trash, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. It's just what's who determines that? That's just my biggest thing. Yeah. I just laugh at yep. it. Well, and certainly it takes all kinds, right? I mean, there's people out there who, you know, like was mentioned, uh, want to keep something in pristine condition. So it looks like mm-hmm. it just got opened that morning. Right. And then there's, you know, there's plenty of other people who feel like games are meant to be played. Right. And so yeah. a little bit of wear and tear, so long as it doesn't make it, you know, eventually unplayable is, is, not a bad thing necessarily. Right. But. Um, oh, and no offense to anybody who thinks that please. No, no offense whatsoever. Right. <laughs> I just, I just right. have a different view of it. And so. Someone out there immediately unfollows Drew. On yeah. Media. Right. Do it. I dare you, you cowards. That's right. Everybody's going to unfollow you now. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, I've seen that taken to the, I mean, you see people take that to the nth degree and uh, go out and they buy the, um, uh, the plastic uh, coin covers that are used in coin collecting to cover, um, you know, the, the, the cardboard chits on a board. What? You know, and, yeah. Oh, you've never seen that? It exists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It exists, yeah. So, yeah. And, 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 and the one that really gets me is I've seen that done by several people on Twilight Imperium. They take the, the, the big, um, the big cardboard elements that move around the board and they put them in, uh, you know, protective card or excuse me, protective coin um, holders. And I find myself sitting there thinking like nobody plays twilight Imperium enough that you're going to wear that out. Right. I mean, you're lucky if you get that to the table once every six months, that's going right? to come out with a new edition anyway. And you're going to buy the, that. And they're going to come out with a new edition before you play it four times. Right. So and the amount of time it takes oh to God. sleeve all of those, it, you could have played a game of twilight Imperium. So, well, sure. I mean, really, that's because that's the other thing to take into account, right, is, I mean, you see a lot of people, obviously, sleeving cards is the thing that you see that's more common, right? But, right. Uh, but you know, again, I've seen like, like, I've seen people take the thin cardstock um, tableaus that are often come in games, and they'll laminate them, you know, so that they're thicker. And, and, you know, they're, they're it, you can definitely go down that road and spend a lot of extra money on on a game that you already own, right? So I will say, I will say that reminded me, um, print and play games. Like I have a couple of print and play, like roll and write style games that I've gotten um, from publishers that I did go laminate those. So I'm not having sure. to print out another sheet. Right. I was like, okay, I see the justification in doing this, but that's purely just so I can save paper. That's different. That's eco-friendly. That's a completely different thing. Yeah, like we have we have a lot of roll and write games in our family where once we play it like two or three, four or five times, we're like, uh, this one's gonna stick around. We will laminate a few sheets yeah. so that so, so, you, you know, don't so run the don't pad run out. out to zero. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean exactly. yeah. that makes sense. Yep. I've also seen people out there that um well, and it might just be one company in particular, but I I think I saw a company that makes 
some kind of surface thing that you can apply. So water droplets like don't I soak into that. the yeah, like game board. Yeah. yeah, I forget what it's called. Weird, it's, I think it's like it's a shield something. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. like a protective like yep. film. Mm. Yeah, over your like you can do it over your game board and like cards and things like that. And, and it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool because you just take it, you you put it onto the surface of the board and everything. And then I would watch them absolutely like take like Coke and tea and all these other <laughs> things pour, and just pour yeah. it on there. But it would just come straight off. It would be yeah, nothing yeah. at all. I mean, and that's cool. It's that's like a cool thing for to your do. boards. Right. Right. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't put the time into that unless it was something like I really, really wanted to do. <laughs> well, yeah, because and, and like going back to what Andrew said, you know, it, it kind of depends on ha- like, h- how are you planning on playing that game with the right. group that you're playing with? You know, are you foreseeing that that's going to be enough of a problem that you're going to spend really the time and the effort to like, do it? I mean, do you still want a game with those people? Like, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <at this point. laughs> they have no decency. <laughs> There's been plenty of times I've had, you know, game nights where I've cracked out things from my, my gaming library and mm-hmm. I never really gave any thought to, you know, if somebody spilled something on and it wouldn't be now, I guess if I had something that was super hard to replace, it was an, you know, an out of print game or something, I guess I might give some thought to that, but I, I still don't know that I wouldn't just put it on the table anyway, but, um, but you know, that's a concern, I guess, for some people. And I mean, obviously when you're playing with kids, that's a whole other thing, right? So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it's really down to a preference i mean and yeah how you look at your gaming experience and what yeah what you want to use the games for um because yeah i just don't sleeving in general i think to me i know there's companies that well and the specific publishers that will release sleeves that are very specific to that game which then to me that's just more of like an upgrade essentially right if you buy those sleeves to sleeve the cards of that specific game um, than really like protecting them in the long run. <laughs> You're just like adding a sleeve that has the backing with the logo of the game or something, you know, like, right. That's more like an upgrade to me. I went down that road once with, um, I sleeved the game aliens legendary, which mm-hmm. has like 400 mm-hmm. cards, 500 cards in it. And for some reason I thought, Oh, I'm going to need to sleeve this. And by the time I got done sleeving that, I was like, I'm never going to play this game enough to sleep that, <laughs> that, it, that it merits being sleeved. Right. That's a beast of a game. <laughs> it is a we beast of a game. game. And, well, and you don't handle the cards hard enough to, I mean, I would have mm-hmm. to play it a hundred times to, to show enough wear on the cards that, uh, yeah. that it's probably worthwhile. So I, I don't know. After that experience, I, I, I slowed down on sleeving in general, but mm-hmm. uh, there are a couple of games. Uh, Ticket to ride was a great example um, that came up earlier. You know, there's some, some of those card driven games where you're just constantly reshuffling. Um, I know I've seen dominion games where the base set is just worn down haggard because it's, you know, all the same cards have been used over and over again. And yeah, I mean, you could definitely make that argument, right. That if you're playing, if you're, if you're playing a game that requires you to flip through cards and reshuffle and reshuffle and Mm -hmm. reshuffle that, you know, that there comes, comes a point that, that makes sense. That's what our phase, we play phase 10 a lot <laughs> with my siblings and our phase 10 decks always look so like run down, but I'm like, <laughs> we play it all the time. So like when I look at it, that doesn't bother me. That just, sure, it's like great memories that we have. Of, I mean, we, it's our go-to game where we just like bond together playing it. So 
doesn't bother me that they're run down from like over shuffling yeah. <laughs> handling. Exactly. That gives you, I mean, going back to what Drew said, right? It gives it some, it gives it some character. It gives it some. That's my point. Uh, there we go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the friends along the way, you know, right. <laughs> it makes you remember how it got that way. Right. Well, the, the, the very first game that I ever had ruined, I took it to a Christmas party and some friends of mine, their kids were there and accidentally spilled some of their drink actually onto the cards of my ticket to ride. And it was so it was so funny in that memory because at the time the guy who was the hosting the party, he went through and he was like, I really like this ticket to ride game. I really like it. I want to check it out because he wasn't really a gamer and he went through and he was looking and he was like he was like, God, this is so expensive to buy and then that happened right after like he had said that like five minutes later <laughs> oh, no. and he felt so bad and i said dude don't worry it is 10 years old it is okay if if it, it's been played to dust almost so it's okay <laughs> so i again that's a funny memory in itself and having to be able to talk about that and communicate with that and then he went and bought his own copy of Ticket to Ride, and that's how it was. And then you spilled your drinks all over his copy. I did. Built <laughs> <Bill's> character. <laughs> well, so Drew, I mean, you do you do raise a really good uh, point, which I think I think our c- culture of games right now really feeds into this, which is the replaceability of these things, right? Like so, mm-hmm. like Heather, you said, oh, you know. We've worn out all these decks of Phase Ten. Yeah, that's because Phase Ten is a replaceable game. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Like at Ticket to Ride is more or less a replaceable game. But there's a lot of games out there, like right over, you know, right over Josh's shoulder. Like those cards in Marvel United are a lot more difficult to replace than a deck of Phase Ten cards. Yeah. And so that's going to go into those kinds of, you know, thoughts as well. Not necessarily that the cards are going to get worn out, but you know, the spill concerns or, or all that stuff, right? Because, you know, you think of like the joke of like the people who have the like the chopsticks on the fingertips or whatever mm-hmm. they are to pick I've up. Seen chips that. Yeah, that, you know snacks. what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. right? You know, whatever whatever that level is that people want to go to to protect their stuff, like I mean, fine. But like that the ability to replace things is is definitely something that would come into that equation as well. For sure. Yeah, if I was gonna drag out my copy of Battlestar Galactica, for example, I might think about it, you know, a little bit more knowing that it's several hundred dollars to replace, like, you know, if something were to happen to it. But also I kind of personally, I kind of fall into that category of games are meant to be played. Right. And, And even the games that I have that would be very expensive to replace, kind of like what Drew said a minute ago, I, I, Unless it was something that just completely destroyed it, right? You spilled black ink all over, the, <laughs> all over yeah. the board or something, you know. I would find a way to just repair it as best I could and move on, I think. But I do like how this discussion has been revolving around happy little accidents and not people who are purposefully going out of their way to ruin the game. Or, and maybe maybe <laughs> the fact that they didn't notice, but you noticed, you knew, you saw they ate some Cheetos right before they agreed to come and play. That's right. Now, I will admit that I am one of those people, and I, I do it on my kids more than my friends, but my I've had some friends that I've done it to also that if they start fanning those cards or they start, you know, twisting their cards when they're fanned out so that it starts 
bending them in a, you know, bending them out of flat. I'm like, hey, will you knock it off with the cards, please? The one that drives, <laughs> the one that drives me nuts is the nails on the table to pick the cards up. And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, certainly it's one of the reasons I, I thought to bring this question to the table was that um, certainly from a, a designer and publisher's perspective, box size is often um, criticized. Uh, if it's not big enough to include all of the cards in a sleeved state. Um, and I, I've always found that to be an interesting concern, but it's certainly one that I think it's still a very vocal minority, probably of people that consume board games, but they're very vocal, right? Oh, this box is terrible. I can't get all the cards in it because they're, I you know, once they're sleeved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I've run into that a few times with really small box games where, um, for whatever reason, I decided to go ahead and put some sleeves on them and that, you know, that small deck of 40 cards suddenly makes the, the box lid lift a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I get that to a point, but at the same time, we're also all prone to groaning about how big boxes are when they don't need to be too. So, right, you know, right. I can, I can appreciate a, a, a box design that's as small as it can get away with. So you're not taking up needless space. You know, FFG style with, right. with with big giant boxes that are that have a small you know a small pile of components inside. We in the tabletop gaming community are just never satisfied. That's just simply as it puts. If you you know, this think, is a great. I think you hobby. got something there, Drew. <laughs> if 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 you want to join a great hobby, then this is a great hobby to be into. But. Just try not to become friends with the people here. No, I'm joking. Definitely become friends with them. <laughs> They're good people. <laughs> I think anybody's going to, there's always going to be someone who's going to nitpick about something. It's just going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. but I don't think it's a requirement that then people need to incorporate that in every single game out there. You know, that de- I definitely think that still needs to be a choice. Well, I think. I think we've really seen, right, that this is definitely a uh, something where there's people that land kind of all over the spectrum, right? I think that a lot of us, like Heather, you and I kind of fall into the, there's certain situations in which it makes sense to sleeve a game. And Drew and Josh are like, screw that. I'm not sleeving crap. Like, and that's okay, right? <laughs> so, we are right. perfect, like, four spectrum, like, right. cross. It's, it's fantastic. I, re- I reign in the chaos realm area, so. <laughs> well, one of the things that uh, came to my mind as we were talking was I had a friend who used to come to um, regular game nights that, that uh, I used to put on. And uh, this topic came up. Somebody was complaining that somebody had Cheeto fingers and we got to talking about how important that was that you, you know, don't eat your snacks while you're touching things. And, and he said something that really resonated with me, which was that this, this is the same kind of thinking that you see with a lot of collectibles, right? Some people keep them in the box forever, tucked away in a shelf, and some people take them out and enjoy them. And you just got to figure out, who, what yep. kind of person you are? Are you the kind of person that has to have it, you know, behind protective plastic and, and you look mm-hmm. at it from afar or do you want to get your hands dirty and enjoy it? Right. Yeah, I was actually I was thinking of that, too, that um, as we were talking about it, I was like, it really kind of speaks to are they really a gamer, an active gamer or do they just want the game on the shelf? Like, yeah, just collecting it in the best way possible. Yeah. I mean, it's. 
growing up, my parents used to give us the holiday Barbies and we couldn't open those things. You know, <laughs> they would collect, they would just give us those. And as a kid, you know, that's something that's so hard that now as an adult, I'm like, I've got like boxes of these Barbies that my parents <laughs> give me, that they gave me as a kid that I could never open because they were collector items. And like, Heather, now's the time to sell them. Now's the time. Well, <laughs> cash in. Margot Robbie made them valuable. Go do it. It's All of time them. to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. But, <laughs> there's, but there's so many of them. They're just random Barbies. Like it's not even like a collector, like a collectible one. But it was such like a like a thing that got instilled in me. It was like, oh, I can't play with this. I can't play with it. And now with my girls, I'm like. I bust one of those out every Christmas. I'm like, here you go. Go at it. Like, how fun. And they have the best time. Enjoy it. It's, Vintage. It's meant to be played with, you know? Like, right. it's not... I look at it, I'm like, I would rather them enjoy playing with it. And it's the same with the board games, you know? I want to play the board games. I want to get them out and use them as much as I can. For sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, again there's no right answer, right? It's not like we can say like, this is the way it's supposed to be. You people like, it's very, it's a personal, it's totally a personal decision. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, just as with so many issues in board games, right? It takes all kinds. There's, there's people out there who, who, who run the complete spectrum from, from uh, wanting to be very collector oriented to being, you know, just focused on enjoying it the next time they get it off the shelf. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, before we get out of here, we're going to talk real quickly about what we have in front of us. What what do you want to get to the table between now and the next time we get together around this magnificent mahogany table? Well, I will start. (laughs) Um, I actually uh, we're going out of town for a week on vacation. We're going to go visit family and uh, we're actually going to bring Disney animated with us. Um, Funko Games. Disney animated. Um, Yeah, I have only gotten to play it once before, but I'm excited to teach it to my husband and my son. um, And I'm going to get together with my sister who loves to play board games. So I think it'll be a great one to just get around the table and try it out. Um, You're basically just trying to, you're all different animators. You're working on different Disney movies between like Snow White, Fantasia, Aladdin. um, And you are, it's really cool. You're trying to build the background with these little polyomino shapes and then once you've got your background built to a certain point, you can lay down the clear character on top of it. You know, the layering like with old Disney animation. So very much plays into the theme, but it's very collaborative, which I love. I think it's a really good one to introduce to new gamers. And so I'm excited to try that one out some more and introduce it to my husband and my son. Awesome. How about you, Drew? So the ones that I do know that I'm going to be getting out uh, next week, I will be going on vacation with my in-laws and it's going to be just a good time with uh, the little ones being there because we're going to play games like My Little Everdale. And uh, as a whole as a whole group, uh, we're, I'm excited because I get to play this for the very first time is a game that I just purchased this past week and that is Green Team Wins. So Ooh, I that's a good one. So excited. So good. Uh, that's what I everybody that keeps telling me. And I'm like, 
It's a good I one. Play it. Did you I remember Am- Andrew pumping that up on the oh, last uh, so good. podcast. So good. Did you get it at mm-hmm. Target or did you get it from 25th Century? So that was the story I was supposed to say earlier, but it's fine. Uh, I've missed so much of that Target <laughs> sale and I'm so mad at myself. And then there's apparently oh, a sale mm-hmm. at my local Walmart. Wingspan was $27 and they've been sold out every single day. And I'm so mad. <laughs> so <laughs> I am so mad. Anyways, but I to answer your question, Andrew, I got it at Target. Okay. So the only the only reason why I ask is because the Target version only goes up to six players. Whereas the version from 25th directly goes up to 12. Really? Um, yeah. Can, I mean, that. yeah. You can just have other. Pe- you can just have paper. Like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But it it just it doesn't have twelve boards and it doesn't have twelve of the cards that flip to orange to green. That's such a fun um, game. You're gonna like it, Drew. And in paper. It's great. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm gonna yep. have to take. Okay, I got it. I got it. But that that that's easy enough. That's easy enough. But yeah, I'm so excited to play it. That one, and uh, get to introduce my niece to uh, Everdale. So with my little Everdale. So that one's going to be. That's a good one, too. I played that with my son at Dice Tower East and made me think of you, Drew. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to think about for me. But OK. Anyway, well, you taught you taught me you taught me Everdale. There's the backstory. <laughs> but... Sort of taught you. I just remember. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you halfway taught me Everdale. <laughs> I, ended up, Dice Tower I ended up asking somebody else. I was like, is this how you play it? Is this right? Have I been playing this wrong the whole time? <laughs> No, My Little Everdale is really cute, though. Okay. We, we enjoyed it. I look forward to it. How does that compare to regular Everdale? I mean, obviously, it's, there, it's there's some simplification. It's definitely there, more guess. simplified. Um, you are just purely moving your little characters, collecting the resources, then using your resources to buy one of the cards and adding it to your little home area and then activating it if you can or whatever and then it goes through i think like four seasons but it, it that's pretty much it like there's no there's nothing else there's no other like objective things you can get on the tree or like it's it's very simplified so it takes out some of the combinations and and the mm-hmm. the the building from a to b to c that that everdell has ingrained in it yeah yeah it's really just placement get your you know berries or whatever you're gonna pick up and then you can use that to then buy a card, add it to your home, and then that's the end of your turn. Hmm. Interesting. Looking forward to it. What about you, Josh? So I have a couple that I have set aside uh, that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I got in the mail not long ago a uh, Kickstarter I backed a while back called For Glory uh, by Spielcraft Games, and it's a gladiator combat game. Uh, I got a chance to back the expansion because I missed the original when it came out and I went ahead and was able to pick up the original game with it, which is fantastic. Uh, but it looks like a fun little small box game that, uh, I'm hoping, uh, is something that resonates well with, uh, with my sons and I, uh, and then apart from that, um, the other one that I was hoping to get to the table soon is, um, uh, Funny enough, I've had the um, I've had the larger version of Everdell. I got the um, the newest expansions uh, of Everdell that I have not had a chance to play. And I was hoping to uh, introduce my wife and, and kids to that because uh, I've played it a couple of times, but but they haven't had a chance to. So I'm nice. uh, hoping to get that to the table. Nice. How about you, Andrew? 
I have this beautiful game in front of me. I'm going to hold it up for everybody who's on this cam here. Have you seen this game? I have seen that game. (laughs) So pretty. This this game is Bonsai from DV Games. They actually sent it to us a couple of months ago, and I've played it a couple of times. Um, I haven't played it with my wife yet, and I really want to play it with her, and I want to play it with my daughter also. Um, But we're gearing up to release a review of this because the game comes out at Gen Con. It's a really fun um, like hexagonal tile placement game to build your bonsai tree. It's really neat. I played it solo a lot, and it's just a, a nice kind of calm experience. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing it at higher player counts. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one for me. Bonsai. Yeah, that one looks really cool. I I think I saw um, Ruel and um, is it Thinker Thinker Thamer Thinker Tamer their YouTube channel. Uh, um, they know. played it at Dice Tower West. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got but to yeah, see it played. Game. It's a good game. Um, and yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful. What's game. the player count on that one? It is one to four. One to four. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we are always in search of that elusive one to five player game in our family <laughs> with three kids. But usually, one kid doesn't want to play games anyway. So whatever. I've been there. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. I- I lose my oldest to VR gaming most of the time when I try yeah. to <laughs> try to find something to play. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> All right. So we are going to go real quickly through where everybody can be contacted. Uh, starting with Heather. Heather, how can everybody get a hold of you on the interwebs? So you can find me at Board Gaming Mama across all social media sites, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. I stream on Twitch twice a week, Wednesday nights and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and I am uploading, you know, live Twitch playthroughs to YouTube and creating co- short form content and posting it all over um, along with kind of daily things when I go to conventions, trying to upload videos and let you know what's going on. Um, so that's where you can find me and follow. Excellent. How about you, Drew? You can find me at Welcome to Boredom on all social media platforms, whether that may be Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and my most recent one, Threads. Come and follow me over there. I'm a little more unhinged. <laughs> I over forgot there. about Threads. <laughs> yeah. I'm a. If you if you wanna if you wanna see some fun, I'm beefing with Mark Zuckerberg right now and challenging him to a board game every single day. So please come tag along for all the fun and chaos that I'm. It's throwing a fun over time. There. Yeah, he's terrified. So that's what everyone least tells me. So as he should be, of course, of course, right. I've even offered to pay his ticket to Gen Con. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's getting real. Gen Con said they would sponsor it. So, <laughs> but part of, part of me is hoping. We'll see, we'll, we'll see, what, we'll happens. see what happens. Next time we talk, we'll see. All right. Anyways, he can't ignore me for too much longer. So anyways, that's where you can find me, all the silly content, all the fun that I like to have, uh, as well as any reviews and thoughts on games that I've recently played and or received, where we can just talk about uh, my thoughts on them or how to play or anything of that sort. So feel free to feel free to give me a follow, a subscribe, a like, whatever it is you want to, over on any of those sites, whatever your preferred method of social media is. Excellent. And you, Andrew. Oh, it's me. Um, yeah, you can find me and uh, and my wife, Anitra, at thefamilygamers.com. 
Um, you can join our Family Gamers community on Facebook. You can find us on all the social media at Family Gamers AA. It stands for Andrew and Anitra. That's, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, TikTok, blah, blah, YouTube, all that stuff. So at Family Gamers AA or head over to thefamilygamers.com where you will soon see a review for Bonsai. Nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and you can find the stuff that uh, I'm working on with Salamander Games at salamandergames.com. Uh, we are on social media platforms as uh, Play Salamander. Uh, you can find the the podcast out on the interwebs as uh, Corner Game Table. Uh, we just started getting that on threads as well uh, because I saw Drew was out there. So I had to up my game too. Absolutely. Crazy. <laughs> it, it is <laughs> chaos over there. Just come and join. It's fun. <laughs> it's the wild west, right? Right. So you can find the show out on uh, most of the social media platforms. Uh, you can also, if you want to leave us a message out on our website, cornergametable.com, we have the ability for you to leave a message for us. Now we would look forward to uh, uh, any listener feedback that you might want to leave for us. Ask us a question. Tell us a joke. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to leave us, we'll uh, see if we can uh, do something with that in future podcast episodes. Copy and paste a rule book, and they will all read it to me. <laughs> I don't read those. If there's a topic you want us to cover, if there's something you yeah, want absolutely. to hear us talk about, all right. So with that, we'll put this uh, episode in the can. And um, what's our sign out going to be tonight? Anybody have a good one? Bye. <laughs> Don't read your rule books. Until next time. <laughs> I ain't a rule book for breakfast. Everybody take care. Bye, everybody. Bye. I have kid issues. We all saw the wand. It was amazing. <laughs> we'll cut this part out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was tremendous. Little... I thought I was the only one that saw that. I was. No, mad. sir. <laughs> yeah. Apparently tapping me with a wand is not, uh, not bothering me, which is what I asked for. <laughs> oh, well. Kid logic. Of course. Uh, anyway. So that's probably a good transition point to cut. Yeah.